to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Welcome back, everyone, to this lovely podcast, From the Bronx with Love. Dom, how are you? I'm okay. Um, This weather is a little schizophrenic, so my body is not adjusting well. Yeah, I know. Yesterday, well, we're recording this on a Monday. So yesterday, Sunday the 20th, the humidity was nasty. It was like mid-July, like the beginning of a 12-day yeah. heat wave. It was bad. I'm, I was not having it. <laughs> no, uh, me either. I... um. Obviously, because they had said it was going to rain sometime throughout the day. So I left my place out with jeans. Mm -hmm. And then midday, I just wanted to rip my jeans off. Because I felt like they were sticking to my legs. I forgot my hair tie at home. My hair was just bugging me. Good Mm -hmm. thing that the only thing that I had to do was... Well, I did a little shopping. (laughs) Of course. Shopping or thrifting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then I just went to Bryant Park and threw myself on the ground. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. You know how to make good of a situation like that. Like, you don't particularly love humidity, but you thrive in it. Like, you're like, I'm going to do what I can with it. And I'm just like my body is not going to adjust. My <laughs> attitude definitely is not adjusting. So Dominique's malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I definitely adjust to it. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm not going to be the entire day outdoors, especially not like around uh, midday where, where it's the hottest and the sun is like burning you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the time that I used to, you know, do my little shopping, a little bit of thrifting as well. And then in the afternoon, had some ice cream, sat in the park, and it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of shopping, does this happen to you when you get clothing or like new shoes and anything like that? You just want to sit in your new stuff? I Oh, my God. I'm going to sound like a weirdo, but... So I um, needed to get new sneakers um, because I've been having some knee issues. And I've been putting um, getting new sneakers off for a while because I'm the type of person who likes to really wear things out. Um, It needs to be like tattered, falling apart. I look like I'm a little bit homeless before I like get rid of it. But this wasn't the case. Like, I, like, legitimately spoke to my doctor about it. I've been having some knee issues. And she's like, you know, let's try all these various ways to alleviate that pain. And she was like, one of the ways is to get better support. So I was like, meh. Um, so I finally, she said that like a month and a half ago. <laughs> and you finally went to get new sneakers. I finally went to get new sneakers. And they were so cute. I got the... Um, Nike Air Max. Okay. They're really cute. Um, they're, I don't think they're for everyone. They're like um, a little like nod to the 1980s style, 1980s, 1990s style. 
Um, but I think they're really cute and they're so comfortable. Oh my God. Oh, wait, I Googled some images. Do you know which one you see? Have you seen them before? Well, I just Googled Nike, Nike Air Max. Mm-hmm. And is it the ones that on the bottom, it comes with like this clear thing? Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of those. Yes. Um, apparently they have a cult following on Twitter, which I didn't realize until after I got them. So I was like, oh, I have a community. Um, <laughs> but I saw them and I was like, oh, they're kind of cute. And they, they kind they make my feet look less big. I'm a tall girl. So I got big feet. Um, so they like make my feet look nice. So that's why I thought I, that's why I really gravitated towards them. I like the colors. I love gray and teal. I love that color combo. Oh, right. It was really comfortable. So I was like sold on all facets and, um, I got them and I was like, I'm not going to wear them, but I think part of the reason why I didn't sleep that night that night was because I was dying to wear those sneakers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. So wait, were you excited in terms of like thinking like, okay, what outfit am I going to pair this with? Or what, what, what like really went through your mind? Okay. What went through my mind was, um, all the places I can go with them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I just got a new puppy, essentially. You're going to take your sneakers out for a walk. Yeah, I'm going to take my sneakers out for a walk. We're going to take pictures. <laughs> We're going to have a picnic day. We're going to souvenir that day. Um, we're going to scrapbook all the times we've been together. You know, I'm going to take all my miles. <laughs> first puddle (laughs) first dog poop (laughs) um so that i was excited about i'm like oh all the places i can go um really excited to go to the gym with them and then i came the outfit but the outfit was um more like i need to like look cute so like i'm a person the outfit is like head to toe so i like put on makeup today just to run errands in my new sneakers. Oh, okay. I see. It was a whole production. Ah, uh, so excited. Oh, see, speaking of sneakers, mm-hmm. I also got a new pair. Nice. But lately, I've really been into Adidas. I don't know what it is. Those sneakers, they like every, most of the pairs that they come out with, they're just popping. Mm-hmm. And I want to get all of them, but of course I would go broke. Mm-hmm. But the ones that I got are the uh, Adidas Edge Lux, and I got them in white. So these sneakers are to buy a pair like that. Ew, I feel like I sound like a sneakerhead just because I bought one pair of sneakers. That's <laughs> so I'm like, look, I was like researching other pairs because I'm making a, like a little wish list because I'm like, I love these. Oh, and I knew, I know, like the pair you're talking about. Oh, really? Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, these sneakers are specifically Beautiful. for running. Yeah. They t- trust me okay so i got them actually when was it on friday because on friday i also did a little shopping mm-hmm. of course <laughs> i purchased them on friday and then it, saturday was disgusting it was raining totally i was not gonna risk wearing my sneakers that day 
And then finally today, the weather was super nice and I wore them. They are so light. It feels like you're walking on a cloud. Wow. Yeah, I love them. They are really nice. They're, they're stylish. They're comfortable. I can wear them, you know, if I'm going to the gym, but I don't want to carry an extra pair of sneakers. Those are perfect as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And they're not that pricey. Okay. I am... Um... I'm a hardcore Marshalls and TJ Maxx girl. Okay. So I am always clearance. I almost never buy any of my shoes like at retail price. Um, so this was the first time I bought my sneakers at retail <gasps> price. So really? this was a milestone. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Let's see. For sneakers. Uh, no. For sneakers, I always go to like the actual Adidas store. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a luxurious like host. Oh my god! It's because sometimes I just like when I, I get obsessed with a pair of sneakers, I'm just like, I need to have these, and I track them down. Mm-hmm. And usually, my favorite one to go to is the Adidas store, the one that's in Soho. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Soho is amazing. How did we get on this topic? Uh, I think because we started talking about what we did on the weekend. Oh, okay. And we both went shopping. Mm-hmm. And then we shared what we purchased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also got some bathing suits and some shorts. Oh. oh. And some summer dresses. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This just turned into a fashion podcast. Someone is ready. <laughs> no, but I actually got my summer dresses at a really affordable price. Mm-hmm. I went to this store called Rainbow. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Girl. Oh, yes, you are. The Bronx. We know Rainbow. Okay. <laughs> well, I had been a while since I shopped at Rainbow simply because every time I went in, there was nothing that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And then the other day, I was just casually walking around the neighborhood, and I, and I saw these floral dresses, and I was like, oh, okay. I went in. And they were marked down already. So for two of my dresses, I paid seven bucks each. And then the other two that I purchased, those were um, $15, but it wasn't, as, it wasn't bad at all. The only thing, though, is the sizing is way off. I'm usually a small or a medium. Mm-hmm. I had to get a large in all of them. Ooh. Yeah, because their sizing is way off. But mm-hmm. anyway, I came home, tried them on, they didn't fit, and I went back to exchange them. Okay. But now I just want to sit in all my purchases, you know? Yeah. Well, you're not going to fall asleep tonight. Like, I would not (laughs) And I tried on my dresses probably two times already. Mm -hmm. And I just keep on looking at myself in the mirror. (laughs) But whatever. (laughs) Yeah, we got to do it up. (laughs) Yeah. Let us know if any of you listeners out there do the same thing. Like you guys just stare at your purchases and try to like put together the perfect outfits. Yeah. I'm all like, whatever. Capitalism is the source of all evil, but also I buy things. (laughs) This weekend I was swiping my card like, (laughs) like I had an unlimited spending basically, which once the credit card bill comes, then I'll be like, oh shit. But anyway, let me just enjoy my purchases for now. Rack up those points. That too, yes, because I do get points on my card, which later I can use for travel. So, 
this segment, I want to point this out. Mm -hmm. Dom, you said that I was being a little bit like extra when it comes to my shoe shopping because I go to the actual location. Uh And you always go to Marshalls or TJ Maxx. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you something. Let me hear it. You are the fancy pants. Oh, my God. From this podcast. What did I do do this time? What do you mean, fancy pants? Okay. What What I mean by fancy pants. I didn't call myself a princess. I think that's huge. (laughs) It's progress. What I mean by fancy pants is when it comes to education, I think we already mentioned that we both had a different, I guess, approach, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. So you went to private school, Miss Fancy Pants, mm-hmm. and I always went to private, I mean, to private <laughs> public school. <laughs> That's it. The podcast is done. There's no comparison. We both have the same backgrounds. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not so fast, Dom. <laughs> but yes, those are the differences because you went to private school since you were in kindergarten, right? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I went to public school ever since I started kindergarten. And then once I got to college, I went to a CUNY college. Let's talk a little bit about the differences between private and public school. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit about your experience? Maybe can you talk to me about, you know, just in terms of uh, uniforms or the dress code and books. Let's start off with that. Yeah. Okay. So I've always had to wear a skirt. Um, I think in kindergarten, they actually didn't put us in uniforms. We didn't start wearing uniforms until we were in second grade. So we like wore plain clothes. Uh huh. Kindergarten and first grade. Um, and then once we graduated or yeah, moved on to um, second grade, we started wearing um, uniforms. And I had up until seventh and eighth grade wore the um, jumpers, I guess. It's like the two, it's like, how do I explain it? It's like an overall, but not really, but it's a skirt. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm but like, it has this the the top part basically looks like the overall exactly, but then the bottom part is the skirt exactly. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, always had to wear black um, tights, black shoes, um, and a little like collar tie that like buttoned up mm-hmm. you had to like have your um shirt buttoned up to the first like the top button always buttoned up um always tucked in and um wow that yeah. sounds like a lot I actually really I still like think about the days where I like didn't have to think about what to wear <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it does make it easy. Mm-hmm. You you do have a point there. Yeah. So I actually really liked it. Um, I also really like the colors, too. Uh, I'm not a huge pattern person. Okay. And I don't think it's because I went to private school. I just, like, 
you know, personal, you know, personal taste. never gravitated towards patterns, but I did like the color schemes. So like, um, okay. You guys sit down for this. This is going to be my resume of schools. <laughs> um, so I did St. Anne's school in Nyack, New York, Rockland County from kindergarten to seventh grade. And because of really low, um, admittance, they actually had to close down the school. Um, in my seventh grade year. So I had one more year, eighth grade at another school, which is closer to my house, um, St. Joseph's in Spring Valley, um, also in Rockland County. So I did that. And that year when we all graduated, it closed down because of low admittance. So there was not a lot of students and there was like a time period, um, when I was, you know, maybe from sixth to eighth grade, where there was like Catholic schools closing down across the tri-state area because there was just like mm-hmm. not any students going to Catholic schools. Um, so that closed down. Um, and then I went to Albertus Magnus High School, which is still active um, for four years. And <laughs> after Albertus Magnus High School... I went to college in Mount St. Vincent oh. in the Bronx, Riverdale, but no uniform. So <laughs> I wore a uniform from like second grade to 12th grade in high school. Okay. I mean, I guess you could say that your parents were, you know, maybe saving a little bit of money because they didn't have to buy so much clothing, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But uniforms are kind of expensive though. Yes. And the tuition is not cheap. Yeah. So I don't know the specifics about my elementary school because I was like a baby. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just like didn't know what they were paying. But I do know Albertus Magnus, although it was on the higher end side, it actually is the most affordable out of the like New York. Well, okay. So Albertus Magnus is actually the only Catholic high school in Rockland County. Um, but I know people who are like in the system as I was in the system, I call it (laughs) as I was, who went to New Jersey schools, which were actually quite pricier. And a lot of them were either all boys or all girls. Oh, Albertus was co-ed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now that you mention, you know, your resume of private schools, Miss Fancy Pants, mm-hmm. my question is, what was the demographics? Oh my God, Karen. <laughs> 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 okay. I actually, so the demographics in elementary and like into middle were actually really good. Um, and I think it's because these schools were in communities where there were more people of um, first generation and immigrant communities. Mm-hmm. So um, Nyack has a lot of Haitian immigrants and Spring Valley has a lot of Haitian, Mexican, and Central American. Okay. Um, so St. Joseph's was really diverse. So we were like, um, I had one guy who had actually had a huge crush on who was Guatemalan. Mm -hmm. Uh, He fell in love with another Haitian girl, whatever. We're over it. Um, 
this is going to be another, this is going to be another podcast. Anyway, Dom's crushes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very storied history too. Um, yeah. So, but a lot of my classmates looked like me at St. Joseph's. Um, two of my classmates lived in the same neighborhood as my, as me. And I live in a, um, where my parents' house is, it's in a dead end or a cul-de-sac. So it's like very private, not gated. Oh, I don't want, okay. I don't want people to think I'm like living in a gated community. I'm <laughs> like security. It's just, it's a little secluded. Um, because we live in the boondocks. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I had three people I used to like play after school with at school. So the demographics were actually really great um, because people looked like me and we would also speak the same language when we right. were gossiping about other people. Um, <laughs> we would speak Creole. Oh. I think that is now that I'm talking about it is that's like the only instance where I was in a group of friends where we had the same cultural background um I think as time wore on my group of friends actually has become more diverse okay still um children of immigrants I think 90% of my friends are children of immigrants but like it's not from the same country Right. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah. So the demographics there were, I think, pretty excellent. Mm. High school was different. <laughs> how, how was high school? High school, I think I was one of eight um, students of color. Four of us were black. Okay. Out of a class of 100. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Wait, so if that was high school, how was college? College was, I mean, MSV, love it to death, amazing. It's very small, but very diverse. Oh. Like, yes, yes. I feel like I need um, Desis to listen to this um, because I'm going to do a little, you know, no, well, not shout out because that's their thing, but I'm going to do a little highlight before um, Desis also went to college, Mount St. Vincent. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a Bronx podcasting um, little machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is something else I wanted to point out. Um, in elementary school, my most of my teachers earlier, like first, second, and third, and fourth and fifth, maybe even were nuns, and they didn't wear like nun um, oh. habits. They were. Okay. Nuns, but they were still nuns. So then, uh, the part that I want to get into, and I'm just going to briefly cover my side, which Mm -hmm. is obviously from my entire life, I went to public school. And in terms of demographics, I would say it was pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. While I was in kindergarten all the way to fifth grade, I had a very diverse group of friends. There was probably only like this other Mexican girl that was um, in my class. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that many Mexican kids back then. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I know. Most of my friends were Asian. They were from Bangladesh. They were Irish. 
And yeah, I think that was it. And like I told you, there was only this other Mexican girl that we were that the same age. And sometimes we would be in the same class, not, not um, every year, but from time to time we were. Mm-hmm. And so I had a very diverse group of friends. Once I got to middle school, that's when I started meeting more Mexicans and my crazy years began. Oh my. <laughs> yep. I went to a middle school that's around here, which is MS 80, which if you guys didn't know, Calvin Klein also went to that middle school. All right. Cause so he's from the like, Bronx. Yeah. Both have famous people. We both have famous people. Correct. So I went there and by that time, I guess this was like what, back in like 2005, maybe around there. Mm-hmm. That's where I met more uh, Mexican kids just because they came from from Bedford Park as well. They came from like different areas because the, the, the middle school is like right in the middle of like Marshall Parkway and Bedford Park. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started meeting everyone. I went through my chola years. Oh my God. <laughs> I just want the listeners to know that I was aware that she had chola years. Um, but there's conveniently no photographic evidence. I can't find them. Because they've been destroyed. No, no, no. They haven't been destroyed. I know they're somewhere. Yeah. I'm when, you know, this, when we're, when we start taking, um, advertising and sponsorships, (laughs) I am top priority going to find a hacker we're going to track this down. We're going to go into the Dude, cloud. We're going to find. There those. is no digital cloud. You would have to hack my mother's like huge box of memories, basically. Mm, we'll try. <laughs> so that was kind of like the demographics. The demographics, I already basically explained it. And obviously, there was, there was no cost for public school, but my parents did have to pay for, you know, clothing, obviously, at the beginning of the year. This is going to sound like really like suburban and white. Um, never had security. <laughs> so I, okay. So you never had security. And I'm assuming you did not have a scanners. No. Never, ever, ever. Ever. <laughs> Okay, so I think the first time I've ever been through one was like airport security. No, stop it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I well, I obviously, like when I was in middle school, I was not traveling the world, but by the time I was able to travel, you know, I was old enough, according to my parents, to travel. Mm-hmm. I kind of was, I, I didn't find the um, airline security a problem or like a hassle because mm-hmm. I was used to every single morning I had to make sure that I took off my belt if I had any coins in my pocket take them out as well let's see what else and yeah and just get ready to walk through the scanner and in case you beeped again they would grab you with that little wand and just like search you mm-hmm yeah. And we had to put our bags through the scanner as well. What? Yeah. We put our backpacks through a scanner. And then there was a security, like just like at the airport, looking at what we had inside our backpacks. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
every single morning. From what I know, most of the schools in the Bronx, if not all of them, had this, all high schools. Mm. I mean, I was used to it, and I thought it was part of every single high school until I think one time, you know, off air, basically now recording this podcast, we had this conversation about security guards, and you had no idea that Bronx high schools had scanners. No. Yeah. I wonder how many people don't know that as well. Probably everyone I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was basically our routine every morning. And then the, the scanners were set up in the school cafeteria. At least that's how it was for us. Mm-hmm. There was a, an entrance where we could go through the school cafeteria. And so that's where they were set up. Let me tell you something that I remember from elementary and like probably kindergarten and first grade. I remember that we would always get either, you know, the regular milk or they would be chocolate milk. And so here we were like little five, six years old with our trays. And sometimes, you know, we wouldn't finish all of our milk. And so we had to get up, throw our trays out, obviously, in the corresponding bin And then our milk, whatever was left of it, we had to dump it in the corresponding buckets. So there was one for regular milk, and then there was one for chocolate milk. And you would just pour all your milk (laughs) in those buckets. (laughs) What are we doing now? Yes, that's what you were instructed to do. If you didn't finish your milk, don't throw it out with the rest of your trash. Dump it in that bucket. I literally never heard of such a thing. So what would you do in kindergarten? I mean, well, I mean, I, I knew I always drank all my milk because I always had chocolate milk and okay. chocolate milk was the bomb. <laughs> but they never had a milk bucket of un-drinking milk. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> there was buckets for milk you didn't finish. You couldn't just throw it out. Wow, we're so wasteful. <laughs> I don't know if they didn't want the the liquids to mix with the rest of the trash, and that's why they had us do that. Hey guys, it's your girl Dom. While we're on this break and you're scrolling through your phone, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at FTBWL and on Instagram at From the Bronx with Love. Holla at you, girls. I actually have this story, which these um, girls that I knew back when I was younger, they, you know, they had some family issues going on. And the priest from our church, you know, really tried his best to help them out. And Mm -hmm. so he got them scholarships so that they could attend the Catholic school that was around the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But then they only went, I think, maybe for like two years, and then they decided to leave. And then one of the girls who was, you know, about my age or probably a year older or something, she told me that the reason why she didn't want to go there anymore is because all the students basically bullied her because she came from a low-income family, and she was only there because of a scholarship. She was bullied. She said that even teachers would be rude to her. 
And she just said that obviously everyone in that school, you know, their parents were well off. And so they were always showing off like the latest gift or I don't know, just the latest thing that they would get. And she said that she just didn't feel comfortable at all because not only was she bullied by the students, but also basically from the teachers as well. Oh, no. Yeah. So I don't know if you ever experienced something like that or heard of anything like that. I don't. I feel like we. I think. um, I would say we come from varied economic backgrounds although most people did pay for their tuition so I wouldn't say like I think it was a scale so it was like like middle class to upper middle class okay you know what I mean so it wasn't like low income and income and poverty right but then again I don't know you just don't know people's situations. Maybe mm-hmm. your parents are just making huge sacrifices despite, you know, living in a um, low-income household. Yeah. Um, but I would say for the most part, it was, m- like, middle class to upper middle class. Okay. I mean, for me, it was, like, my parents basically came here with the idea of, like, okay, we work hard for a few years, save up money, and then go back. Mm-hmm. So... For them, it was also, there was, you know, my brother and I. So I think like in terms of finances, it was going to be really hard to put two of us in. I know for a fact, if I had a sibling, I w- we would not even be having this. <laughs> this. This episode would not exist. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, that's why it was for us. So we always went to uh, public school. And then when it came time for college, it was also like, I wanted to go to SBA. But then my parents were like, where are we going to get this money? You wanted to go to SVI? Yeah. I didn't know this about you. Yeah. I don't think I ever mentioned it to you. But yeah, I wanted to go to SVA. And then I think like when I was in my, maybe like, wait, it's, so it's freshman and then sophomore. Okay. Sophomore year. I wasn't really aware of the cost until I started looking into it. And then I was like, no. They're, the only way that I can go here is if I get loans and then I'm going to be in super mega debt. And then my parents have the mentality of like, okay, if you don't have the money for it, then no, don't even bother. Mm-hmm. So then that's why I ended up going to CUNY school, which now I'm actually happy that I took that decision because I graduated debt-free. And even though I, it took me a little bit of time to find a job in my field, I really didn't have to stress out about it because it's not like, you know, my student loans were chasing me or anything like that. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did not have to take out student loans because my parents did pay out of pocket for freshman through, let me say, yeah, freshman year, freshman through junior year of college. Um, and then, um, the marketplace. So yeah, my senior year of college, the um, Affordable Care Act went into, um, oh yeah, the law and that spiked up like private, um, insurance, especially private insurance for school. And I could not like, I couldn't live on campus without taking their insurance. 
So that like really spiked up the tuition. And I did have um, both a scholarship and financial aid, but I did need to take out a little extra. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have that. But um, I also went to CUNY. Oh, right. Yes. So that is the only time I went to public school was when I was 23. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that I did not appreciate about going to a Catholic high school um, was the fact that they voluntarily made us take regents because you didn't have to. Oh, right. I thought that was only for public schools. Yeah, it is. So then why did you guys have to take them? Because they wanted to be like, oh, we're on the same like playing field educationally as public. And then we offer a little bit more because we're private. And I was like, this is annoying. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, I have a question. So when you graduated, did you get, I think they would give you like some kind of sticker or some stupid stamp, whatever, that indicated that you that you pass all your regions with like, I think like 80 or above. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I have a regents diploma. Yes. That. Yeah. I oh, I don't need it. Exactly. I take it. I didn't need to suffer through my math regions or my science regions. I didn't right. need to do that, but you know what? They were like, we're going to do it. And I was like, this is inappropriate. Like we pay money to not do this. <laughs> <laughs> But all in all, I will say that um, I can't really compare like my local public high schools to my actual high school experience. But I do know that I was able to get a really good education, okay, um, especially um, around the things that I really loved. Um, I'm a writer. And right. I feel like that was really fostered in this school because it was um, a small school. It was like overall 400 students in the entire school, 100 in each class. And like the max amount of people that would be in a class would be like 25. So it was always remained really small. And I remember my English classes being like top notch. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of us would be end up in AP English. And I scored really highly in English myself. So then I took like college courses while I was in high school. And then I was able to be like in the junior level um, of English while I was a freshman in college. So. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I feel like, I don't know, that's probably just like one example so it's like not even empirical evidence but I'm just like that's like what I take away is like really good evidence that I had excellent education okay I um I was I I excelled really well um I uh, I ended up in like most of my Mount St. Vincent courses either in um sophomore or junior level Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. In terms of, uh, I guess, like your overall experience, taking into consideration, you know, the classes that you took, the students, the teachers, how would you rate it? I guess maybe like five being the highest. Oh, yeah, five. Oh, okay. I would I would go to high school again. Again, okay. How would I you? I think for me... 
I think the only place where I did see education lacking a little bit was when I was in middle school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just feel like there were changes going on that sometimes affected the teachers and in terms of salary as well. We didn't have enough teachers. Mm-hmm. And so that I feel like there was more students than teachers. And so there was a point where it was just like uh, they weren't doing the best. I mean, we had good teachers. I'm not going to say that they were terrible. Right. But in terms, of, in terms of like their resources. And- yes, exactly. That's where I saw, mm-hmm. you know, where it, the most impact. And then in terms of high school, I think my high school year, my, my high school experience was fine. The only thing that one time, one counselor did make a comment about something that I will never forget. What? Yeah. So this came time when it was uh, for college applications. And so I knew that I didn't qualify for financial aid. But I was still going to apply for college because my parents and I had already talked it through. And that is why we had agreed on CUNY, right? Because we knew we could afford it. Mm-hmm. And so I am first generation. I had never filled out any of the paperwork. So when it came time to it, I was a bit lost. And obviously you go to your counselor for that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went to my counselor in order to help fill out all these papers. And she made a comment about... She goes, oh, but you're aware that you don't qualify for financial aid, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I know that. Okay. So we keep down going the application, keep going down, whatever. Halfway through the process, again, she's like, but you know, you don't qualify for financial aid. And the tuition is X amount, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I know that. Okay. We finished the application. She goes, okay. I just want you to know that you need to be ready for, for the, for the bill that you're going to get once you start signing up for classes. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, I know that. And then at that point I was already annoyed. And you know me sometimes when I'm annoyed, like the sassiness just comes out right away. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, my parents and I already looked into this. So we know we can afford it or else I wouldn't be applying. Mm. And then, then that's where she was just like, let her I think know. she was shocked that I responded that way, but also she kept on implying in some way that I wasn't going to be able to afford this tuition. Yeah, that's incredibly rude. Yeah, and I felt like it was incredibly rude, like you said, because first of all, although my parents might not have, they, they weren't doctors or whatever, that doesn't mean that they're not hardworking people and that they're not going to make an effort to get me through college. Exactly. So she was kind of like you making up some assumptions of a situation that she wasn't even like fully aware of. Yeah. So that was like the only bad experience that I had. Yeah, I, that was um, a little too negative. And I think if you're setting out like a new generation of college students, I think you should be realistic about it, but also like uplift them. And like, yeah. there are scholarships, women like, right? let, oh, let you know about and, scholarships. And actually... My situation, well, the comment that this counselor made was nothing compared to what they told another friend of mine. Mm. They told him, they were like, you might as well not even apply for college. That is disgusting. I was like, what? And this, this, um, this friend, we became friends because our moms were friends as well. Mm -hmm. And so I was about maybe like two, three years older than he is. And so, you know, obviously later on, you know, 
my mom's friend saw that I was in college and then she started asking my mom, well, then how did you do it? Da, da, da. Is it so expensive? Like they say, cause you know, sometimes people exaggerate. Yep. And so then my mom, whenever people would ask her these questions, she's like, this is the amount we pay. This is how much book cost. And you know, we just kind of like all pitch in and it's, it's doable mm-hmm. as long it's, as it's CUNY. And then, you know, that's when my, you know, my mom heard about the story that the counselor was telling this student to not even apply for college. Yeah. So then it's, it's kind of like negative, like, you know, public schools already have a reputation and I think especially ones from the Bronx. So the fact that you're telling a student that like, no, you could be discouraging someone who can be going off doing something great. Exactly. And like the world is already against you because one, like you said, you're in the Bronx, mm-hmm. the most forgotten borough. Um, and just like we're people of color. So like there's that stacked against you. And then you have someone who's supposed to be on your side telling you the same things you're hearing and reinforcing that like you can't do it because you can't get out of your situation is like absolute trash. It is. And then first of all, oh, and the the counselor for his high school was um, a white teacher, a, well, a white counselor. Mm-hmm. But the counselor that made the comment to me, she was a Latina. Mm-hmm. You would think that from fellow Latina to another fellow Latina, she would encourage me. But no, she was just trying to like drag me down. Yeah. So, yeah, just watch out, people. Like, yeah, um, there's a saying that says not all skin folk is kin folk. So mm-hmm. not everyone who looks like you is for you. I see. That makes total sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned that like two days ago. Um, <laughs> you know how trusting I am. I know. So, yeah, I think like it's, it's good to point out that Although maybe the odds might be against you, it doesn't matter. If you have the will and you already kind of have a plan set, then go for it. Yeah. So I think it's great to know like there are differences um, and there's like private school, charter schools, public schools, and there's like a bigger debate on which is better. And I Mm -hmm. think um, with the current climate and the people in the administration that actually needs to be really looked at because these people don't have like our future and by our future, I mean the babies that I see waiting on the bus, not my future. Cause I don't have any children, <laughs> um, <laughs> our future, um, in their hands and they're playing fast and loose with it. But I think this kind of conversation among us to understand, you know, and navigate like kind of these things like shaped us and like you're shaped by like your experience going to public school and I'm shaped by my experience going to private school. And I think that's really interesting and like also adds to, you know, color and um, like our own personalities, But like you said, I think overall um, one message or one takeaway is just like we go to school and especially as like first generation um, immigrants, and I'm not going to speak for all of us, but we mostly go to school and we work really hard because our parents' American dream is us realize our own dreams. And like that starts like pretty early 
and goes into high school, even though some of us have chola years, you know, <laughs> we still make it happen. We still make the dream work. It's true. Yeah. I think that's where, I, that's my point. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. To make the dream uh, work. Yeah. You make it work. And I think like for a lot of us, first generation, it's, it's, it's also what drives us. It's the sacrifices that our parents had to make. Yes. And so whether you're going to private or public school, as long as you have that drive, you will make it. Right. That's such a good point, too. I want everyone to know that, like, sacrifices doesn't always equal, like, money out of pocket. Sacrifice, like, I know people who go to private school and that's not a sacrifice for their parents. And I know people who go to public school and their parents really do sacrifice in other ways, like you mentioned earlier, with, you know, buying things or just, like, dedicating time or just making sure that their kids actually just go to school. Right. You know? Um, and yeah, like where there's a will, there's a way. There's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that wraps up this segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of, you know, interesting things we learned about each other. Dom, is there anyone that you would like to highlight? Um, I did briefly, briefly highlight uh, Desis. Oh, right. Hello, um, Bronxonian and Dolphin, because that was our mascot, Mount St. <laughs> Vincent. But I do want to highlight um, the College of Mount St. Vincent. Um, if it not had been for um, one Catholic school telling me to go to another Catholic school <laughs> my senior year, I would not have learned the like loveliness and the warm embrace. And, and by warm embrace, I mean not warm at all because apparently the Bronx is the most unfriendly place in New York. Um, <laughs> but no, I really do. I would not have like, I would not have even like settled in the Bronx had it not been for that previous experience. Ah. I do have to give a really big, like, thank you to that experience. I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was also in Riverdale, which people in the Bronx don't consider the Bronx, but whatever. I'll go with it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, For this highlight, I actually want to give a shout out to my parents, even though they don't watch this podcast. I mean, they don't watch, they don't (laughs) listen to this podcast. But I do want to send a special shout out to them just because even though I did go to public school, there was still a lot of sacrifices that they did. And I remember that ever since I was young, my mom, obviously her, her native language was Spanish. And when I started going to an all English speaking class since kindergarten, I remember she would always try her hardest to help me out with homework. We always had a dictionary in order to translate words and Oh, I'm, I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> yeah, just because I remember those times where we would just like spend so many hours oh doing homework. Oh <laughs> I didn't know this was going to happen, you guys. I really didn't. Oh, my God. You're making me cry. Your mom is like the cutest woman in the world, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, it was just um. I know it wasn't easy for them because they didn't speak the language. And so they tried their best to like help me with homework Mm -hmm. and get good grades. And 
I'm not going to say that I was like the top student. My grades were average, you know, because um, obviously I also got distracted <laughs> with my chola years when I was in the middle the school. Chola. Yes, exactly. But chola you know, I, <laughs> I made it through. But, you know, I, I really remember those times where we would sit in the kitchen and we would just try to get through homework. And then eventually, like, that responsibility was passed on to me because then since I knew better English than my parents did, I would help my little brother. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I made it through uh, middle school, high school, college, I owe it all to them. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, oh my God, I got so sentimental. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Raw emotions here. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that is my highlight, you guys. Sorry that um, I got all emotional. <laughs> if you're hearing this and you're also feeling like your eyes are welling up with tears and happiness and sentimentality, you know. You know our Twitter. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anyone you want to send to help? Today, no. Okay. Do not have anyone. Um, That might be because I actually been taking very conscious. steps to not be um as present online as I have been in the past days even though like you'll see just like in an hour I tweet 20 things (laughs) yes um that's only that hour and then I remove myself so I have not been paying attention I've been pulling a you I've been (laughs) I've just been you know tweeting about Beyonce and cat gifts let's see anyone that I would like to send to hell I think it would mostly be to that staff that that's in schools out there trying to, uh, you know, just like bring down any student, you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter their situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. You you have that job for a reason mm-hmm. because you're dedicated to the students and you want to see them, you know, move on to better things. And so the fact that you're discouraging them, discouraging them from applying to college clearly you're not doing your job and maybe you should go work somewhere else absolutely so that is just my little note on that all righty guys that wraps it up and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and we'll catch you guys on the next episode yeah have a good one adios bye this podcast was executive produced by karen almonte You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.